All right. <laughs> You're not ready for me, huh? <laughs> oh, no, she's fine. It's all good. It's all good. All right. Welcome to the last day of 2023, everybody. And I'm sure as we look back, we could find all kinds of memories of the past year. But tomorrow, we set out into another year full of possibilities and unknowns. So today, I thought it'd be good for us to prepare ourselves, to look ahead, to step into this new year and be ready to face whatever may come. And you think about it, there are a few things that we know for certain about 2024. We know that God lives and rules over all things, that Jesus is our risen Savior and Lord. He's with us and for us in all things. And so today I thought it would be good for us to start out with this passage from Hebrews 12. So if you have a Bible, open that up to Hebrews 12. We're going to read the first couple of verses. And these are, you may have these in your heart and mind already. These, this is a very um, powerful and common passage, but it's a good place for us to begin our look into the new year, I think. Hebrews 12, starting in verse 1, says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. And as I look into tomorrow, looking ahead to 2024, I think about these, these, these passages, throwing off everything that hinders running with perseverance, the race marked out for us, looking ahead, and especially fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. Let's encourage one another today to fix our eyes on Jesus as we look toward the next year. Last week, we celebrated his birth, expressing joy in the fact that he came to be with us. Today, let's spend time considering the, the kind of faith that he has authored and perfected for us. Think about the truths expressed in God's words, about what it means to be someone whose life has been transformed by him. Let's ask ourselves today, what does it really mean to be in Christ and really um, base our lives on that, set our focus on that as we step ahead? Life is full of so many things that distract us, that can cloud our view of who Jesus is and who we are but choosing to walk by faith in what we know to be true can be a powerful way to overcome all the different circumstances of life that toss us to and fro. It's a powerful way to persevere and to thrive in life with Jesus. So let's explore today some of what the Bible says is true about us so that we may all focus more clearly on Jesus and walk steadily and confidently with him in the year ahead. And as always, I want to invite some, some feedback. If you want to, as we're walking through these passages, if you have something you want to add that it would be valuable for the rest of us to hear to help us focus on Jesus, let me know. We're going to start in the beginning of the Gospel of John. 
We'll look at what John has to say about the coming of Jesus into the world. And it's such a beautiful description of who Jesus is and what he did, even before he came, and why he came. So we're going to read John 1, verses 1 through 5. It says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. Without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but darkness has not understood it. And there are several things that I reflect on as I think about fixing our eyes on Jesus when I read through this passage. And the first is that Jesus is the Word of God. And John says here that all things came into being through him. Jesus is the source of all life. He is the source of all matter. Everything in existence came from him and through him. You and me everything that we see, everything that we're surrounded by, things that we don't even see, the air that we breathe, the atmosphere that surrounds our earth, all those things came into existence because of Jesus and through him. And when I stop and think about that, it gives me a new sense of wonder at this world that we live in. Everything in it is the work of Jesus. Can we see that? We need to pause just a moment. Are you okay, Chuck? Okay, your face was turning a little bit red. I just wanted to make sure I'm checking on you. Okay. Okay. Yep. Okay. All right. Okay, don't worry about disrupting anything if you need anything, though. Anybody. All right. Okay. It's all right. Okay. Everything in existence is the work of Jesus. So just take a moment and look out the windows. What do you see? You see cold, trees, snow. You see money? Okay. Okay. Oh, snow removal. Okay. The grass. Everything. Every one of those things is, is, an, is an existence because of Jesus. It was provided to us by him. Do we see that when we look at our world? As we walk through our lives, do we see what a marvel this creation is? May we learn to see and appreciate the creator in all that we interact with, giving him thanks and praise for the gift of life, the gift of this amazing world to live in the gifts of creativity and skill to build new things from what he's made. I look around this room at the chairs and the cameras and the technology that we have. All those exist out of things that Jesus created. And he is the one who provided us the gifts and the abilities to to form these things and to make use of all that he provided us. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, may we see the world around us and see that he is the source of all things in existence. And give praise to him for the world we have. May it give us a new sense of wonder. May it give us a sense of contentment and joy in everything that we have. 
in everything that we see, no matter what we experience. And we know that it is a gift from Jesus himself. Now, John also says that in Jesus was life, and that life was the light of mankind. As we think about that, let me read also from Acts chapter 17. Verses 24 through 28. Acts 17, 24 through 28. We read here, The God who made the world and everything in it is the Lord of heaven and earth and does not live in temples built by hands. And he is not served by human hands as if he needed anything because he himself gives all men life and breath and everything else. And I want to highlight that last part. He gives all men life and breath and everything else. In Jesus, we live and move and have our being. That's how that's translated in some um, translations of this text. It is because of Jesus that we live and move and have our being. Let me jump now all the way to the beginning of the, of the Bible, Genesis 2, verses 4 through 7. And we read here that this is the account of the heavens and the earth when they were created. When the Lord God made the earth and the heavens, no shrub on the field had yet appeared on the earth. No plant of the field had yet sprung up. The Lord God had not yet sent rain on the earth, and there was no man to work the ground, but streams came up from the earth and watered the whole surface of the ground. And the Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of of life. God breathed the breath of life and made us living beings. Jesus is the author of life. He was there in the beginning. He breathed that life into us. And I think about that. I think that the breath in our lungs is not just a mechanical movement of our, our, our lungs and our organs pumping air in and out. Our life is not just a bunch of chemical reactions that work together to make our bodies function. We're not just chemical and mechanical creatures. We have been given the breath of life by Jesus himself. The spark of being. There is a light of life that God imparted to mankind. It's a gift that we carry with us. Now, look around at the people in this room. Every one of them carries that light of life within them. They bear the image of God. In Genesis one twenty seven, we read that, that God created men and women. In his image, he created them. And part of that image is bearing the breath of life that Jesus gave us. Every person we see in this world is an image bearer of God. Every person we see has received that breath of life from the Lord, from Jesus himself. Jesus gave them life. They are someone special to God, someone with meaning to the Creator. And so as we fix our eyes on Jesus 
in the year ahead. Can we see that in ourselves? And can we see that in everyone around us, that they bear the image of God? They, they contain the breath of life from the creator himself, that they are a special creation, loved and desired by God. Now, John also says that the light, this light of life that Jesus has, shines in the darkness, and darkness has not overcome it or understood it, as the NIV says. And we all know there's a lot of darkness in the world. We see it, we talk about it, and we tend to dwell on it a lot. We dwell on what's bad and what's wrong. And it can be easy to start to see that everything is just dark, but God's word proclaims that the light has not been overcome by the darkness. That light of life that Jesus has placed within us has not succumbed to the darkness of sin. It still shines in the darkness. But it's easy for that darkness to cloud our focus. We need to look for the light of Jesus. We look for it in all of the life that, uh, that God has given mankind. We bear within our being the light of Jesus. And that, so that light is not just external to us. It's not just external to other people. It is the light of life that Jesus has given every person. It can be hard at times to find that in this world. It's hard to see it in ourselves at times. But God's word declares it is there. It has not been extinguished. And we can be the people who look for that light, who look for it in ourselves, who invite God to, to, to shine through us and, and, and make our light shine brighter. We can look for it in others and help draw it out of them. We can recognize it and see it in this world. And we recognize it more clearly because of Jesus. If I'm going to go back to John Again, if I can quickly get there. I'm going to go back to John 1, verses 9 through 12. Um, um, John goes on to talk about Jesus coming, and he says that the true light that gives light to every man was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God. So Jesus is not, does not just give this light. He is the light himself. And he came into the world. He came revealing the fullness of the light of God, the life that he offers. And knowing him and having him within our lives, drawing close to him, helps bring out, helps us to see the light even more clearly. He came to us. And let his light shine. People who saw him, were with him, witnessed the light and shared it. And they have shared it generation after generation with this world. It's been passed along through what we read in the word. It's been passed along through what the Holy Spirit has shared in their faith and is available to us today. So as we fix our eyes on Jesus, we can more clearly see that light of life, the goodness of God. He can show us how to let his light shine more brightly in our own lives and to recognize it when it shines around us. So now I'd like to to move on to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 
to think a little bit more about fixing our eyes on Jesus. 2 Corinthians five fourteen through 19. And we read here, For Christ's love compels us because we are convinced that one died for all and therefore all died. And he died for all that those who live should no longer live for themselves but for him who died for them and was raised again. So from now on we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone and the new has come. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against them. And he has committed to us this message of reconciliation. And so there are two things that I see in this passage as I think about fixing our eyes on Jesus. And the first is that Uh, Verse 17, that if in Christ you are a new creation, the old has gone and the new has come. Paul says in Ephesians, we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. As we fix our eyes on Jesus, can we look past our own failures and weaknesses, let go of our regrets, stop looking at who we once were and instead look ahead to who God has made us to be and who he's called us to be. When we read in the Bible about what God calls us to and all the things that he commands us to do, living that life is not just about us building up enough willpower and determination to follow God's plan, but that is what God is creating in us. This new creation we are, that what we read in the Bible is the description of God, of who God is creating us to be. Can we fix our eyes on that? Declare that we are those people, the people God desires us to be and who he wants us to be, rather than who we often see ourselves to be, with our shortcomings and our weaknesses. Can we grab hold of the fact that we are a completely new creation in Christ? We no longer are the people who fell short, who sinned, who wanted what we want. We are the people who have repented of our sin, have had our pay, the penalty of our sin paid in full, and now are made new in Christ made for a new purpose. And part of that purpose is the second part of this passage, that he has given us the ministry of reconciliation. Jesus came to reconcile this world to God, to invite every person to become a new creation. And rather than just coming and doing all that work himself and saying, you know what, you guys, you're not quite good enough. It's just easier for me to do it myself, right? Have you ever been in that position? Like, it'll just be easier if I do it myself. You guys just stand over there. Recognize that Jesus doesn't do that with us. He says, no. I want to use you. I want to partner with you. I want you to be part of this amazing, incredible work that I'm doing in this world. I invite you to be part of this ministry of reconciliation. 
you just as you are today are part of God's rescue plan for this world. And so as we fix our eyes on Jesus, we recognize this great honor we've been given, this gift we've been given to be able to help other people to see Jesus themselves, to recognize that light that he offers and the light that he places in them and to grab hold of that new life themselves. You are a new creation in Christ. I'm going to move on to another um, couple of passages here. I think I'm going to skip over one or two of these. Romans 8, 9 says, You, however, are not in the realm of flesh, but are in the realm of the Spirit, if indeed the Spirit of God lives in you. And I wrote that down just to, to recognize that in Christ, you are no longer of this world. We have a new citizenship, a citizenship in heaven. But how easy is it for us to be bound up in the rules and ways and, and, and thinking of this world? We get pulled away from Christ by the thinking of our culture. and We get caught up in all the craziness that goes on around us, right? The, the ways of thinking, the, the waves of culture that cost us to and fro. It can be easy to get caught in that. We are no longer part of that. We are invited to be citizens of a new kingdom, the kingdom of God. If we fix our eyes on Jesus, can you recognize that you've been set apart by him for new purposes and new ways of living? Your identity is no longer just a person who lives in Minnesota in the United States of America. No, you are a child of the one true king, a citizen of heaven, the kingdom of heaven that that stands above and beyond every nation, every culture throughout time and history. It stands true and firm since the beginning of time. And you have been invited to, be, to live a life set apart from the rest of the world, to think and act differently. You may be walking a path that very few around are following, but that is a path the Lord provides for us that shows is filled with all his goodness, all his provision, all his love, all his righteousness. It is the path that he lays out for every human being to follow for their benefit and for his glory. And he invites us to be citizens in that kingdom, to let go of the bonds of our world that hold us back and to praise him instead. I'm going to pause there just to, just to see if there's any thoughts that, you're, that are going through your minds in these. I feel like I may be rushing through a little bit, but is there anything you want to add? There's so many ways that God transforms our way of thinking and living when we fix our eyes on Jesus. God is our provider in all things. Ephesians 1.3 says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. Every spiritual blessing in Christ. And he will meet all of your needs according to the glorious riches of Christ Jesus. 
We read that in Philippians 4.19. God provides for all of our needs to enable us to live a godly life full of his goodness. And a godly life doesn't just mean living in obedience to God. It means living in the fullness of his love, his presence, and his grace. It means being full of his light and radiating that light out around us. Can we see that that's who we are as we fix our eyes on him? God's provision is not just for material needs. He provides for us spiritually by growing us and strengthening our spirit and drawing us close to him. He provides for us emotionally, comforting, encouraging, forgiving, stabilizing, helping us to weather any storm of life. And he provides for us mentally, providing us knowledge of his wisdom, giving us a renewed way of looking and and understanding the world. These are incredible gifts for all those who trust in him. These are the riches that God provides you, has provided for you. They're freely available to us in Christ. As we fix our eyes on him, as we look to him for all things, we can see the riches of his provision all the more clearly. And when we remember God's provision in all things, we find renewed strength, We find new peace in times of trouble. We find that we can accomplish far more than we could on our own. And we find faith to step out and follow him without fear because he has provided all that we need. We stop looking at ourselves and thinking about what we are or are not capable of doing, how we might mess things up. Instead, we look to what he can do We look at the possibilities and the opportunities and we live for him in his kingdom. There's a couple more things I wrote down as I thought about this. I I wanted to mention the one that's in Christ that you are an overcomer. 1 John 5, 4 says, For everyone born of God overcomes the world. This is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. And then let's look at Jesus' words again in in John 16, uh, verse Jesus tells his disciples, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. Those are such powerful worlds when you think about all the trouble that there is in this world. Going back to that darkness that we see around us. Do we see the world as troublesome? Or do we see Jesus as the overcomer of all the trouble? How do we view the world? Let's fix our eyes on Jesus and recognize that through him, we can overcome all things. Whether that's things within yourself, struggles that you have to live by faith, 
struggles that you have experienced in this world, he can help you overcome, or whether it's just our concern for this world. Let's not shrink back. Let's not fear, but know that Jesus overcomes this world. And we become overcomers through our faith. In Christ, we can know that we are not helpless and hopeless in this world. That he can accomplish all things. And then finally, I want to consider the fact that when we fix our eyes on Jesus, we discover a new depth of connection and belonging. When we receive and experience the love of Christ, we immediately belong to the family of God. When we live in such a way that we pour out God, that God's, lo- God's love to others, we experience and share the, the fellowship to which he calls. And this is part of what Jesus accomplished. And um, one of my favorite passages regarding this is found in Ephesians chapter 2. Let's read that together. Ephesians 2, verses 13 through 18. Ephesians 2, 13 through 18. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far away have been brought near through the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made the two one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility, by abolishing in his flesh the law with its commandments and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new man out of the two, thus making peace and in this one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross by which he put to death their hostility. He came and preached peace to you who were far away and peace to those who were near. For through him, we both have access to the Father by one spirit. I think this is such an important truth to remember in our times today when there is such a high level of loneliness and disconnection when there's so much division between people to recognize that part of Jesus' purpose was to bring divided people together, to make one new body out of those who have been pulled apart, to bring us together in his love and in his peace, to reconcile us all to him. So you may know that no matter where life has led you. No matter what choices you have made, no matter how far away from God you may have gone, you are welcome immediately into his family through Jesus. When you turn to him and receive him, he makes you a child of God, makes us all brothers and sisters to one another. No matter who you are, no matter how, what other identity this world has put on you, you belong in Christ. And because you belong in Christ, you belong to his family throughout the world. And here in Cannon Falls, Minnesota, you belong to the family of God that he has placed you with. When your eyes are fixed on Jesus, you can know that you belong. Let's find joy in the fellowship we have with our brothers and sisters in Christ all over. Find hope and encouragement in the family that God has placed us in locally. And remember that this family always has room for more. The family of God is for all, and we welcome all to welcome in, no matter what walk of life they come from, no matter what state they're in. Jesus wants to make them part of his family, and we want to welcome them in.
So these are the, some of the things I think about when we think about fixing our eyes on Jesus, having a new vision for life, a renewed vision, a vision grounded in the truth that God has given us, that we stand on for over and over. Let's fix our eyes on Jesus as we enter into this new year. It's a joy to be with you here today to wrap up another year together. And so I hope you're encouraged today about who Christ is, what it means to be in Christ. Hope you can find joy and contentment and peace and strength as you look to him in the year ahead. May your vision of Jesus be clear and focused as we step into 2024. And may we all keep our eyes firmly fixed on him throughout this next year. Happy New Year, everyone. Let's pray and give thanks to the Lord.